Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 346. The write-up for episode 345, in which I talk about the terminal, is available on the website, along with the other films that I've covered so far in the summer miniseries. Before I get started, just a quick note. There have been some very exciting developments on Poshmark. I know some of you listen to this podcast because I do cover Poshmark from time to time. If you are new to the podcast and you want to find those episodes, just go to the website and under the blog, you will find a mini series page where you will find the different collections, including Poshmark. I'm going to be talking about some of these more in depth when we get back to our normal schedule in September. I also have an exciting update about my book, which I talked about a couple months ago. Again, I'm going to cover all of that when we get back to our regularly scheduled episodes starting in the fall. Today, though, I want to share with you one of my other favorite legal dramas. A couple weeks ago, I talked about The Paper Chase. And what's interesting about The Paper Chase is that it focuses on the law school, law student experience. There's not one single courtroom scene in that movie. This week's movie, on the other hand, takes almost... Uh, takes place almost entirely in a courtroom. It is 1960s Inherit the Wind, directed by Stanley Kramer. It's a black and white film, beautifully directed, beautifully shot, and it's got a, a phenomenal cast of legendary actors. So just to give you a quick rundown of the cast, you've got Spencer Tracy. He plays Henry Drummond. Frederick March as Matthew Brady. Gene Kelly as E.K. Hornbeck. You've got Dick York as Bertram Cates. Donna Anderson as Rachel Brown, Claude Atkins as Reverend Jeremiah Brown, and Harry Morgan as Judge Coffey. This is actually based off of a play uh, that was written by Jerome E. Lawrence and Robert E. Lee, not the Robert E. Lee from the Civil War, but the playwright. And uh, it also is, which itself is actually loosely based off of the real-life Scopes Monkey Trial. And... uh, the basic story is that it, the film opens up in this small town of Hillsboro, which think of it as just a small Midwestern town. Uh, coming out of the 50s, going into the 1960s, there's a lot of change. And this movie represents a lot of change. A young teacher, that's uh, Bertram Cates, is teaching a science class, and he's starting his lecture on uh, Darwin's theory of evolution. As soon as he starts... A couple of the town officials come and arrest him. That town has a law that makes it illegal to teach the theory of evolution. So he goes to jail, and this sparks a legal battle, this this small town, which all occurs in this small town. Frederick March plays Matthew Brady. He is loosely based off of William Jennings Bryan, uh, who was involved in the Scopes Monkey Trial. And uh, he comes, he was a former presidential candidate, and Brady volunteers to be the prosecutor for the case. And uh, meanwhile, Cates has written a newspaper in Baltimore, and this reporter, E.K. Hornback, played by Gene Kelly, he comes to cover the story, and the, the paper also uh, supplies a lawyer in the form of Henry Drummond, played by the legendary Spencer Tracy. Drummond is actually based off of the uh, real-life attorney Clarence Darrow. So this is actually based off of a real-life case, and essentially it is a legal drama, a, a battle between these two sides that occurs uh, throughout this film. 
I mean, really, it's it's an amazingly shot movie. Most of it, as I mentioned, it takes place in the courtroom. There are some additional scenes outside of that. Uh, I think of this as a summer movie just because I think it is set in the middle of July, and you can see everyone is sweltering hot, and then the trial becomes a spectacle. It, it gathers national attention, makes all the headlines, a lot of people press and uh, other people with interests in the case swarm the town and it, it just blows up into national news. And essentially you see these two legal titans. You see Drummond and Brady fighting it out in court. Now what's interesting is that these two go way back. They're, they're these old dog warriors. They're these old uh, veterans of legal, uh, of the legal profession. And at one point they were allies and in fact, it's mentioned that Drummond supported uh, Brady when he he ran for president. But now they find themselves on the opposite side of the, of a court case. Uh, beautifully, beautifully acted, beautifully shot. Uh, in terms of the technical legal aspects, obviously this movie was made a long time ago, and so some of the the rules of procedure and evidence. Uh, don't apply today. There's some, uh, obviously, there's been so much that has evolved in uh, trial procedure that the movie may not be 100% accurate, but you'll watch a movie like this for the drama. You watch it for the performances, and everyone really brings their A game here. And you believe fully in Tracy and March as these two legal titans who also happen to be old friends. And that's one of the things I love about this movie is the complexity of their relationship. Uh, essentially, the movie plays out as as a trial. The stakes are really high. Everyone has an interest in it. And there are all of these characters. And what's beautiful about the movie is how much it weaves in the townsfolk uh, on both sides of the case. And I love the, the portrayal of that, especially as the witnesses are called, as the story unfolds, and as what started out as a case about a teacher breaking the law to teach this this theory becomes so much more. Uh, And I'm going to leave it at that. This is a movie that is worth checking out. Uh, I think it's a worthy addition to any library. And uh, I've read the play. I do. The play is wonderful. I do think, and I've actually seen a performance of the play uh, years ago. Uh, I think the film actually elevates the material in the play. Uh, mostly because of the actors who are who are cast in it. And I also want to give a particular shout out to Harry Morgan, who, if you follow Vintage TV, he was uh, he played uh, I think the Colonel on Mash for all the seasons. He does a great job as the judge in the case. All right, so to wrap it up, the the good, the performances, especially from the two leads, you have two Academy Award winners, Spencer Tracy, Frederick March, who were just basically. Uh, legends and uh, at top of their game and and they're fantastic they're magnetic and you just watch every interaction between these two and it just keeps your attention the the cinematography is gorgeous it's black and white and I think this is probably one of my favorite black and white films the small town setting I think it it's it's beautifully portrayed in this film just kind of all the tensions that are bubbling underneath and Again, this represents a lot of changes that were occurring between the 1950s transitioning into the 1960s. And it is also a faithful adaptation of the play. In fact, I think there are moments in the film that actually elevate the uh, source material. In terms of the negatives, I don't really have any criticisms about the film itself. 
obviously from a technical legal standpoint, some of what occurs is not accurate for 2021. Yet there's still a lot that you can take away from this film. In fact, uh, a lot of the issues and topics that are uh, addressed in this movie are still with us today. Uh, I will say, and this is maybe more of a, a wish list from the original play, because this is a faithful adaption of the play. There are two moments that I, that were hinted at that I would have loved to have seen. There's a moment in which uh, Bertram Cates' uh, uh, girlfriend, uh, Donna Anderson, who plays Rachel Brown, is actually called to the stand as a witness for the prosecution. And she is basically manipulated by Brady's character into giving some very damaging testimony. Now, what's interesting is that this is an example of direct testimony that's almost uh, 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 you know, a hostile witness. Just in the way that Brady examines her, it almost comes off more like a cross-examination rather than a direct, and this does occur. What happens is that Drummond wants to do a cross-examination, but he is stopped by Cates. He wants to protect his girlfriend, so he prevents Drummond from doing a cross-examination. I would have loved to have seen what Drummond would have done. In other words, I would have loved to have seen his approach with a cross-examination that probably would have been a lot less confrontational than what you traditionally see in a uh, cross-examination. I think that's that's an opportunity that uh, that's kind of missed in the uh, in the original source material, so it's not really the fault of the film. The other thing I would have loved to have seen, uh, at one point that the, the defense... They bring a lot of expert witnesses to testify, and there was one in particular who always stuck out to me from the first time I ever saw this film and from when I read the play. There's a witness who I think is a professor of either zoology or archaeology who also happens to be a minister, and I think he would have uh, given some very interesting testimony, but as it turns out, well, you'll see what happens when uh, Drummond actually brings on uh, or presents a large number of scientific witnesses. I'm not going to give any spoilers to that. The only other minor criticism is that the uh, the ending, you know, what happens in particular with Brady's character might have been a little over the top. But that's just a very minor criticism. Uh, other than that, I think this is a beautiful film. Uh, some interesting trivia. This uh, had a Budget and box office, uh, according to Wikipedia, that was the same. It was $2 million, which for the time was was pretty high for a film. And uh, obviously it did not uh, – it sounds like it didn't do well because you know if those numbers are even, that means that the movie probably lost money. But has since become a classic, especially um, in, in subsequent years and, and later on home media. In terms of rating, I'll give this one a solid 4.5 out of 5. Where can you catch this? Right now it is streaming on Amazon Prime, so if you have Amazon Prime, do check it out. I do recommend Hoopla. Uh, last year I did check it out of my library out of Hoopla. Uh, I did check this time. It's not there, although there is a remake of it uh, with the legendary George C. Scott and Jack Lemmon, both of whom actually do very good performances as well. So, But the original, I think, is the superior version. Uh, I will also have affiliate links uh, if you want to rent or purchase this uh, on Amazon. It is worth having. The write-up for this movie will be available soon on the website. And so I recommend, if you haven't already, do check out Inherit the Wind, the original, the remake, and uh, the subsequent versions. There have been several versions of this film. I've seen several of them. They're all very good. But the original is the one that stands head and shoulders above the rest. 
All right. I hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll be back next week.